0: hello hello we are back welcome we are back uncomfortable today we're gonna get uncomfortable with our next guest
1: I hope you survived your Thanksgiving mine was kind of rough
0: yeah that's probably gonna be one of the dynamics that we talked about. yes today. Yeah. great so we're here today with Julia Gulia Valdez <laughs> <Hello. laughs> a friend of mine and a local mental health advocate we're actually here to talk about um cults but in a different context not not outright cults that everybody knows are cults I would say it was kind of more of like a um, secret cult secret cult hiding out in the open in the guise of Christian churches certain Christian churches Mm -hmm. in our community so I think a good place to start would be like a little bit of everybody's background um Julia why don't you go ahead and start um did you grow up with religion at home before
2: I didn't really. uh, My mom actually was raised Catholic and was, like, very involved in the Catholic Church, kind of had a similar experience, apparently, to what I had, um, Mm -hmm. and then left the Catholic Church. And so we were raised sort of like, there's a God, and, like, God's cool and stuff, but we weren't ever forced to go to the church, although my brother was baptized Catholic, but I don't know what that's about. Actually, no, I do. It's very telling that I wasn't baptized as anything, so (laughs) um, that was kind of it. Okay, and
0: then, so what led you to the church that will probably be the of what we talk about today and uh, when, if you can just give us a history.
2: High school. Uh, I had friends who I would go to shows with and see like local hardcore bands and all that stuff. And then they started going to church, and they're like,
1: "Hey, you should totally check this place out." And that is where. Isn't that it so began. weird that hardcore music and like Christianity sometimes it's wild to are me. So still. together, <laughs> well,
0: I think it was a tool. Yeah. I think um, I. So I do think it here's here's the double edged sword about this is I do think the way that these youth groups sometimes do their outreach that can maybe be predatory is also, like, serving a purpose in the community in the sense that yeah. most of the shows that we went to all growing up were, at like, actually a couple different churches mm-hmm. or, like, community centers yeah. that just, like, did all-ages shows, which yeah. at the time, now that I realize the value of that, mm-hmm. I, I do think it was a good thing to have that resource for all-age kids, but I also yeah. am wondering now, like... I fucking knew that. Yeah. Like having that be the place that you go. And mm-hmm. we even actually used to get told this in youth group of like, mm-hmm. don't tell people that you're this, just act this way. Which is yeah, in its in its in its essence, like, oh, be Christ like. Yeah. Don't like tell people you're like that is definitely that like the message to go for. But it was told to us in a way that was almost like don't tell people you're this just like be great to them and tell them yeah. that's why you're great like you're
2: a super secret agent and it's just like draw them in and then
0: draw them in and pounce then jesus on them and <laughs>
2: it's like really great yeah it was actually definitely a pounce jesus it on was 100 percent a pounce jesus situation yeah so, so what
0: about you katie did you have a lot of background so
1: my church? dad is a catholic although he doesn't go to church i don't think i've ever seen him go to church mm-hmm. um my mom's full-on an atheist mm-hmm. so that was an interesting interesting dynamic mm-hmm. um my, one of my brothers is rather religious now, and I went to Bible study after like middle school, uh, mostly because he got out of class early and she gave you candy. Cool. Um, <laughs> and he I've gone to church. Yeah, I've gone to yeah, <laughs> church a number of times, and I've studied a lot of different religions just out of pure curiosity, just kind of see their parallels and understand them better. Um, but in terms of my current faith, I would consider myself agnostic if anything. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would
0: probably have to say I'm in a very similar boat, but actually to both of you, because if I, you know, um, so my family is Middle Eastern and we're uh, a religious minority in Jordan, where my dad's Greek, or my dad's family is Latin Catholic, which is just basically Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. and my mom's family is Greek Orthodox. So it was just a lot of like orthodoxy and um, honestly a lot of ritual and actual scripture and things that were, um, just very ritualistic and customs Mm -hmm. that I think really ingrains it into your life and culture in a way that makes it really hard to question. Mm -hmm. So I do remember always being younger and kind of thinking, um, I don't really know if I have a passive opinion in this, but I know that its inherent value is supposed to be good. Even though, Mm -hmm. like, in a lot of Catholicism, there's, like, a lot of guilt. I do remember one of the good things about, like, going to, like, a Protestant church later was kind of seeing the other, like, more Westernized version of, like, no, like, you have inherent value. Like, God loves you. Mm -hmm. Like, those lessons were definitely good growing up with, like, original sin. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, like, it was good to get that balance. But I do remember always having that thing in my head of, like, do I feel this or do I just know this?
1: Yeah, Am I being told this or did it come from with me? Exactly.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and that's a very weird thing to question when you're already, like, so much of your, like, good and badness is tied up in your, like, morality and your, like, what you believe in and do for like prayer and stuff so I do remember like I did go to church for the majority of my life even just like sparingly just because it was something Mm -hmm. in our life like when you're Catholic I feel like that's something cultural that you like people understand it's you're kind of always even a lapsed Catholic still a Catholic kind of thing yeah um so that was kind of weird but in around the same time so Julia and I went to high school together and probably the same I went like a couple weeks after you and a couple of our friends did and that was something we were just talking about is that we might have needed to pick up on this as a cue that this might not have been normal because all of us fell into it very quickly with each other yeah. um but they had a very like captivating youth group they mm-hmm. did like worship every Wednesday um and the worship was more like a hardcore band type service it was very intense yeah and, like loud it
2: was like very emotional yeah. and very emotional yeah yeah they really so, grabbed so you so
1: real quick um <clears throat> starting with the foundational what was this church's religion uh
2: Pentecostal, one of the things that they like to say a lot was that it was not about relation or not about religion, it was about relationship. Okay. And that's what they kept
0: preaching. Yeah, that was the big thing. So Mm -hmm. we would even like almost tell people, like, well, no, I wouldn't even like I don't know, like, yeah, I guess I'm Christian, but I wouldn't like call myself a Christian because it's like more that I love Jesus. And there was like this thing that Mm -hmm. like who couldn't love Jesus? He's a nice dude. Like that's a really good way to get people to First of all, it is good because maybe some of them will actually listen and only fixate on the actual scripture, which, like, if you go through and only read what's read in the Bible, it's mm-hmm. a very different fucking book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Well, especially if you're doing Old Testament or New Testament. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. 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 <laughs> <Like different>
0: things. <laughs> Completely and
2: different. The other red flag also should have been the fact that they were formerly a part of the Assemblies of God churches and then oh. had actually been kicked out. They got kicked out of They Assemblies got kicked of out God. for being too radical and for, like, using prophetic stuff and the worship and the, like, speaking in tongues and all that. Okay,
0: that's really interesting because uh, my husband's, like, family's background is actually all completely, like, Assemblies of God. Like, his grandfather actually, like, was one of the, like, founding members of, like, the ones, like, up in, like, Northern California.
1: Which one's Assemblies of God? God.
2: Okay, so the Assemblies of God, officially the, the World Assemblies of God Fellowship is a group of over 144 autonomous, self governing, associated national groupings of churches which together form the world's largest Pentecostal denomination. Okay. So they were like Pentecostal but they weren't crazy, quote unquote. Like they right. they weren't going too far into that stuff. Yeah. They wanted to be like just enough that people would still come to the So their they're
1: church. all under the guise of Christianity. It's just how they interpret the Bible differently. Yeah. yeah. Precisely. Yeah. They kind of
2: or the things that they act out from the Bible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. And there are certain
0: things too like um so, uh, because I am a little bit more familiar with assemblies of God, I do know there are certain things that they do do that I would consider like a little bit like more of the extreme. You would think it was more of like these like radical ideas, like the mm-hmm. speaking in tongues mm-hmm. and like um, I think there was like yes, some <laughs> some snake stuff. I'm pretty sure oh, there was snake some snake stuff. stuff because a lot of them were from Arkansas. Like these people came out. Yeah, I've never like, seen. They the came snake stuff out like through like the depression, like harvesting yeah. like fruit as they went as they like moved to Northern California. Like these are like Whoa. OG American assemblies of, it's, it's kind of like almost fascinating right yeah but that also means that like there's a lot that gives me a lot of background to see that to know that our church was too extreme for them knowing yeah. that like they're also still very like open-minded and like kind of let anything fly that yeah that was too radical for them mm-hmm. that should have been a really big red flag
2: yeah and they didn't like I think they also had an issue with like the hardcore culture that this church or that our church was trying to present to with like getting the youth kids in from so, that scene
1: go
0: ahead. So what were your first, because I, you know, I I was there for like the first year, but you had a lot more experience with it. So what was, tell us about like your beginning experience and what you loved about it and what was good about it. And then what kind of made you start to see the, like through the curtain, maybe?
2: Um... The things that I loved about it I, I, we talked about this earlier is the fact that like I felt like I belonged for the first time and I've always I'm very much a hufflepuff like I need I feel <laughs> er, yeah up until like my 30s I've felt the need to like be a part of something or be included in something and so like right away their whole message of um, you know, we accept you as you are. We love t- people with tattoos and piercings. We love loud music, like, we're which is, like, all the things that I was way we into as nurses. a 16-year-old. Yeah. yeah you I, that was me. Yeah. And Every so, 16-year-old
1: is a misfit and right? looking other people. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so they really grabbed onto that, and I was like, okay, cool. This is great. And then all of my friends continued to go, and we kept going to, like, events together and shows together, and I think being allowed to work in the venue also, like,
0: kind of... Drew us yeah, in. Yeah, drew us in more. Um... And it gave us also. You're <clears> talking <throat> about belonging. I remember mm-hmm. that, like other kids that you didn't know that well, that would see you working at, mm-hmm. like, oh, like you worked at Club Red. Like yeah. it was like this thing it was like, of, like a cool
2: thing. Yeah, you, to like, do. you have yeah. a community for mm-hmm. sure. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. That's okay. Um, I'm trying to think. So that was about. I think I was a. I was closer to 17 at that point. Um, very soon after, I met the person who would eventually become my husband. Mm-hmm. And which is great. No regrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, but I said, the silver like, lining in this story, yeah. I feel like the more, like, quote unquote, responsibility that I was given, which were actually just like chores and like things that they were making us do to be a part of the youth group, um, are what kept me there. And yeah. like, just because it was like, oh, I'm feeling useful, oh, I'm enjoying like being able to have this job, oh, I'm enjoying being able to be a part of whatever, just kept me there the whole time. Um, I don't think I really even noticed because. That I, when I was younger, when I was 15, I tried going to a Christian camp with some of the same friends, and I actually ended up getting into an argument with somebody about homosexuality and the fact that it wasn't a sin. And like, I was obviously on the side of homosexuality is fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, And then I like going into this church for some reason, I just like let that kind of wash away. And I yeah. have no explanation for that, That, but that should have been, like, a red flag. It's like, oh, look, my friends are leaving and, like, oh, the, yeah. losing these people in front of my life, but I don't understand why, even though there was nothing hateful involved with that. Yeah. Um. First, I think the first red flag was we, I was working in the church, I lost... Or not, I lost. We lost um, our property because of financial issues and all this other stuff. I probably should have let it been a red flag when we were changing our church's name and everything associated with it and putting it into a different bank account and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, was a really should have been a red flag. The fact that the senior pastors were still being able to have their cars paid for, but our checks weren't being paid, and we were like oh. running low on groceries and not paying our rent on time. Yeah. Should have been a red flag. Wow. The fact that yeah, all of this stuff, um, but it wasn't. Yeah, I just kind of like when let you're it in go. That deep, oh yeah, there's no like that's you your family, everything. and that was the other thing too is they promoted family. Like this church is your family, and then the way that things go is the order is God first, church, friends and family. Everything else comes after.
0: Mm-hmm. So so it's like if they're your church. And your family, yeah, then they're everything other than God in exactly, your life. Exactly, yeah. That's so did they,
1: they did they encourage donations as the church of the church um, kind of as like the the prosperity gospel thing, where if you donate to the church, yep. it will come back to you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. They were all, always about group. that tithe. Yep, even in youth group,
2: which is crazy because like you kids don't have money, yeah. <laughs> like, but you're still I trying actually, to take what
0: like that. And it was funny because I remember sitting there kind of wondering what he meant, but I remember there was like a really specific night that we were like at this is youth group it was we were at worship it wasn't like Mm -hmm. sunday morning like where you're dealing with adults these were kids right yeah um where he was talking about how like oh he didn't really like have a lot but he had like he had given what he had or whatever which mind you he ran the church he was not tithing to the church he's just putting it back in his pocket right yeah but that that same day they'd like gotten a check in the mail or something and in my head i was kind of just thinking like even rational me like there was an adult part of my brain that was like if there was a check in your mail, it was already in processing before you were doing this. Yeah. And it was probably something else. Like, money doesn't just show, in my head, I was like, money doesn't just show up in your mail. There are other things that maybe God finally resolved for you mm-hmm. that, like, solved something that you're saying that, like, oh, your faithfulness and, like, surrendering, surrendering that problem is very different than telling a kid, if you tithe, money will show up in your mailbox. Yeah, right, yeah. And I do remember, like, I've actually never said this out loud because I'm almost, like, ashamed of it. But do you remember when somebody from the con- – it's not somebody that I regret helping at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't – like, that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. But it was right before we graduated, and mm-hmm. I had just gotten all of my grad money from my uncles. Mm-hmm. And um, – Somebody on uh, the worship team had like had a car issue and like their tires had been slashed or popped or something and they were asking for donations and they were like, oh, this is how much it'll cost to fix it. And I remember like just feeling so like nagging because I had like hundreds and hundreds of dollars in my wallet because I hadn't gone to the bank yet. And I remember the amount that he said was the amount that would, like, get the tires fixed. So I just put that whole amount in an envelope and gave it. And I remember, and I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Yeah. But at the time, I remember even after the service, he, like, looked like it was, it was the main pastor. Uh-huh. And I remember he, like, kind of, like, he knew where the envelope had come from somehow. So he, like, looked at me. Like, he was, like... I could tell that he knew it was me, Mm -hmm. and it was like he was like resizing me up, like Mm -hmm. I like might be like a bigger cash cow that like to like focus more. Oh, one hundred percent. He was very even though it was my grad money, it wasn't.
2: Yeah, he was very much, and still, as far as I can understand, still tends to be the same way. Where it's like if you have something to offer, if you're a person of value like to him, then you're worth the time. Yeah, and you become you get the responsibility, you get other things to like because as soon as I left. Um, I had been, while I was working, I had been, um, doing some, uh, kids pastoring and stuff because Mm -hmm. we lost our children's pastor at the time and I was in charge of the nursery. I was doing all this other stuff and it was great and I loved it. They took that position from me and gave it to somebody else without offering it to me first, even though it was literally what I had been being taught the entire time from the person who was the children's pastor before. Um, so I left He reaches out to me, hey, we're looking for a kid's pastor, you know, I really respected all the work you did, this and this and this. And I was like, no, and here's why. Because you took that job from me when I should have had that job, and you didn't respect me until I left.
0: Yeah. I was like,
2: that. I wasn't a person of value to you anymore until you couldn't have me. Yeah. So.
0: And that's the thing, too, is like, mm -hmm. oh, you had a resource, you didn't mm -hmm. have that resource anymore, and now you need to replace it. Yeah. Um, I do yeah. know that you said something about, uh, a clear distinction between, like, churches and, like, cult churches, and mm-hmm. I do think right. that's important, because there are, yeah. while there are many things I could say about the institution of churches in general and mm-hmm. their establishment and what they do with their money, I won't go there today, mm-hmm. um, I just do think it is important to establish that there are people out there who, like, run good communities and mm-hmm. really do do their best to, like, do the best by their community, mm-hmm. um, so there are distinctions between, like, churches and, like, Yeah, Uh, cults posing as churches. I know that you had some notes on those.
1: Yeah, so basically what it comes down to is a legitimate religious church, for Christianity at least, is that God's number one. Mm -hmm. No question. That's it. Bottom line, whatever. And then if you get into the realm of God's number one, but also this thing is uh, number one with him or very, very close, um, you're in a cult church for sure. Mm -hmm. Or if you have it where these two things are number one, God being one of them, and then they go off scripture and kind of make their own rules, you're in a cult church. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. If they use a lot of religious text, that's not the Bible. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah.
1: if you're here and uh, some dude that's still on earth is number one with God, you should probably question what you're doing with your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Considering that, like, divine right, what is a divine right to rule? Like, um, that definitely got debunked by, like, you know, the Revolutionary War, and all of us (laughs) realizing that, like, we shouldn't be living under a, like, what, god, king, and country? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. Definitely applies. So. So what was the the kind of point that, you know, the straw that broke camel's back for you getting out of this? What was the last thing where it's like, all right, this is obviously not good?
2: Um, I, so I, I'm trying to think about what year it was, about 2013, Mm. decided to have my third kid. Um, at that time I was doing the work of three other people. Like job wise, it was just kind of ridiculous. We were expected to be at every single event. Didn't matter, like, if you had already been there all day and you were going to be there all night, you were expected to be there. Um, and I was like, I have, I'm about to have too many kids for this. Like, this is just exhausting. Like, I don't, and I'm not being treated well. I'm not being paid for this. Like, it's just stupid. And I don't know what brought me into that, like, beginning awakening at all, um, except for being treated like shit. Mm-hmm. Like, all the time. Like, anytime yeah. I'd bring up, oh, you know, I'm having a hard time dealing doing this and this and this. Well, figure it out. Like, you better figure it out or otherwise it's going to be your job, basically. And
1: was that kind of universal with everyone who worked for the church?
2: I don't know that it was. Sometimes, like, because sometimes you'd see people being treated way better than other people, especially, like, the guys seemed like they were being treated right. a lot better. Although, I just went to a wedding with a bunch of people who were in the same situation, and, like, we all kind of agreed that it was bullshit the, the way we were treated. But, um, So... Hmm. I, I don't remember exactly what led to that point other than me leaving my job. I left my job and for some reason I felt like this weight was lifted off of my shoulders where it was like, bitch run. Like, yeah. get out of there. You need to leave. And I was like, you know, I think I really want to take a break. And kind of the more we started to back off, even gently, the more it was like we were being pushed away by the staff and stuff. It's like, oh, if you're not willing to sacrifice your time because my husband had already had a different job at this point and had to stand up to the senior pastor because he was still treating him like he worked for him when he didn't and Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, We just realized, like, you know, this is not okay and it's not respectful of who we are. And so took that step back. And as soon as I, like, completely detached myself, it was like I went into this whole kind of, like, unveiling situation where mm-hmm. it was, like, I just saw the bullshit, mm-hmm. like, clear as day, like, how they were treating gay people, how they were treating all of us, and just, like, all the things that they expected us to do and believe and how it wasn't acceptable for us to, like, be treated like dogs, mm. essentially, for their issues.
1: So are they still using kind of the same tactics with youth today to get people into the church, or is it a lot of, like, you're born into it now, or... I'm
2: honestly not sure, um, because I have been away for so long, it's been about six years now, Uh um, and I've really tried to, like, keep myself at a safe distance. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like their youth program is what it was, I know that they're not, or not, no, I don't believe they're running the venue anymore out of the current place because they just couldn't keep it going because the hardcore scene kind of like, it didn't die, but it's, it changed, It's for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. Ha, it's, it's out to sea for a little while, yeah. uh, Until, but, like, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> uh, so it doesn't seem as intense as it was
1: before. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, it sounds like you guys were pretty ingrained with it. You worked there. You mm-hmm. worshipped there. Yeah. Your that's life how there, want more or to. less. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. I did kind of start
0: to notice that the more, and I remember even as the one who couldn't commit as much time, because I just, mm-hmm. like, I had a very, like, overprotective parent, but, like. Thank God, though. Yeah, honestly, that's the thing, too, is it did kind of shield me from some of it, because it. I felt almost, not unincluded, but, like, I felt like I couldn't give as much and that I wasn't going to be as accepted Mm -hmm. because I couldn't give them as much time. And I did start to notice that my friends spent more and more and more time there Mm -hmm. to the point where because I had moved away for school, it started to creep me out. Where, like, I I started to step back for several reasons, and Mm -hmm. it wasn't just that. But I do remember, like, um, we were there the couple years leading up to prop eight. And I do oh, remember God. one day like it coming up and him not really telling us what to think, but I remember we were in youth group and him kind of trying to say without saying that like, even though we wanted to be forgiving and loving and we would always be forgiving and loving that like uh, something is still a sin if it's a sin. And that like, that's just like a mercy that you have to show to people and kind of telling us like, sorry, we want to be kind to people, but this is what God tells us to do. And mm-hmm. I remember in my head kind of thinking, like, all right, you know, like, that's fine. I, I benefit from this as, like, a spiritual thing, but, like, I'm definitely not agreeing with you there, and I'm definitely not going to vote like that. Because I remember just yeah. kind of being like, you're full of shit. But that was for such a young kid, I think, that's, like, a weird
1: moment to have. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I they, wanted... they were basically telling you how to
2: vote. Oh, and they got people out on the streets protesting at that point, too, for that. Like oh, 150%. wow. Like, 150%. That's don't want
0: to talk about that person. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. wild. And that's yeah, the thing too. Like, okay. You want to talk about separation of church state, which we've talked about mm-hmm. is, doesn't really come up as much
1: yeah. anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I want to ask you is like um, in the context obviously no names need to be involved, but right. like from the context of the people that we know that were involved, mm-hmm. I do know several of our other friends also parted ways. Mm-hmm. Are there anybody is there anybody that stayed that is like still in this specific branch of that church? Um and yeah you don't have to Not
2: from not from our days of being there no I have friends who still go but they're like solid like self-thinking human beings and they're like they can hold their own they know yeah. what's up Um I'm not really sure why they stay though I know other people who go to separate churches that were in that but that's about it no yeah, one still involved, yeah.
0: There were other friends that I knew that, you know, it's not that they, like, left the faith, it's that they just mm-hmm. found other places. People that respect their time and their, like, well-being, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and are, you know, maybe there for the reasons that they say that they're there. Exactly, yeah.
2: Not being manipulated.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it that drew you to kind of want to talk about this distinction between these churches?
2: Um. Honestly, kind of the mental health awakening that I went through after leaving and like going through all of that and like coming to accept the fact that we were being abused emotionally and spiritually really made me like want to talk about it because it's not something that people talk about at all. Even now, like there are people who I know know that that's what they've been through specifically with this church and they still won't fully talk about it.
0: Absolutely. So, and you said this—it's not just this one. It's obviously not mm-hmm. all churches, but like you're aware that there's like a network of these churches. One hundred percent. Yeah, there, uh, there are some
2: churches up in Reading specifically, that have a hand in, like, multiple other places all across the country who, like, do the conversion therapy schools and they, like, other stuff that is really hot and heavy in line with what this church was doing. Wow. So, and I don't, I can't speak for the church that we went to. I don't know if they, I don't believe that they do any, like, conversion therapy. Obviously, I know where they stand. Yeah. So, other than that.
0: But they are in connection with? Um,
2: I think in, like, the past year they've kind of started to part ways from that church
0: Interesting. A bit.
1: how would you find this stuff out like say you're me and i'm mm-hmm. you know let's say i'm a christian and i just want to go to a church i'm in a new area mm-hmm. maybe i'm young maybe i'm older it doesn't matter Um, how would you even find these things out about the church that you're potentially going to without spending months there and then unveiling these things?
2: You would would kind of have to do a deep dive on the internet. Um, I don't know how quickly, so I don't have a problem naming the one church. Is that okay? Yeah, please. Um, Bethel Church in Reading is the one that does the conversion schools, is what they call them. Um, And I didn't know that until I literally Googled Bethel Church conversion
1: Oh, and then wow. it came
2: up, um, and I the, I, the only other reason it did, in addition to that was because of being a part of that community and finding out that people were protesting at their, like, worship events in L.A. and stuff because of it. Wow. So you just really have to dive, like, do deep word searches with that kind of stuff. Like, if you're thinking about going to a certain church, try to Google that and, like, where they stand on certain things, and then sometimes you might just
0: have to
1: ask. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I think that's what's the reason that I brought up the distinctions too is because it is so subtle that a lot of the time you do get in months mm-hmm. deep and you're building these ties with people that you care about mm-hmm. yeah. and you're having these really like deep spiritual moments and like revelations about yourself with this community that you're building yeah. and then you're also you know, maybe starting to get this nagging feeling that something might not be right. Because earlier what I wanted to touch on when you were saying that like you needed to leave, obviously you were having, you're having your third kid and there's just a lot going on for you that sometimes our bodies and our minds know before we do. Mm -hmm. And you pulled yourself out of that situation, maybe honestly, as like a protective motherly instinct to know that like you were not capable of doing that. Yeah. And that honestly might've been the reason it kind of like opened up for you. But I think that that's, that's the thing. Is that's the reason it can get so dangerous. Is it's really, really hard. It's how it's how cults work. It's yeah. really hard to see until you
1: step away it and are so, on the other side of it. Questioning things is associated with guilt a lot of times with cults. Yeah, where it's like, Sorry. you have that gut feeling. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, you're
0: fine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're I agree
1: with you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's good that you have that gut feeling, but um, you bring that up in in whatever cult you're in, and it's like, no, you're being terrible to this cult. You're not. You're not loyal. All this shit, and it's like. That's doubt the
0: devil's trying to put in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why are you listening to the devil? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, and I always go back to this moment, and it's such a silly moment, but I think it matters a lot for, like, toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. In my big fat Greek wedding, uh, the main character's dad, when she tells him that she wants to go to college, she's like, I just think this would be better for me. I feel really stuck. He starts crying and he goes, why do you want to leave me? And then, like, asks her, like, why she's doing this to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, like, a tactic. I've had that tactic done to me from, like, toxic people in my life. That's definitely the feeling that you get from the church is, like, how could you do this to us? And it's yeah. not about your to agency God. To, yes. God, to, how, to God, an affront to God. You're
2: backsliding
0: is yeah. what they call it a in Christian churches. Is yeah. You're
2: backsliding away from God and from your faith, and
0: you're obviously having a crisis. You just need to lean in. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's a, that's a popular word. Yeah, dive too. deeper. Yeah, dive deeper, push yeah. through. There's a lot of, so just, just love on them. Love, yeah. on them. love on that is a good one. Yeah, this is It's so uncomfortable. It really, truly is. Because
1: it works. You see it, it works does. all the time. This, this worked so on scary. me.
0: <laughs> another thing, too, is, like, when Julia was talking about wanting to fit in, like, this was something, and I'm literally, as you were saying that in the kitchen, I just processed for myself why that might have only been a crisis for me after I was, like, 20 and I had, like, left the church. I remember for years, like, I'm i am a first-generation immigrant. I moved here very young, mm-hmm. so I'm also not an immigrant because I'm very well-assimilated. Mm-hmm. People at home call me foreign. I get called foreign here. It's very hard to feel like you fit in everywhere, yeah. like, anywhere at all, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't realize how much belonging I had gotten from that place. Yeah. I, like, literally until Julia was saying that in the kitchen, I was like, oh, that, like, belonging, like, I don't know where I fit. Yeah. Like, crisis didn't start for me until way later than it starts for a lot of people because I did have that for a couple years. Yeah. And then you're just questioning it because you left this place and you don't know if it was, like, you know, you backsliding yeah. or, like, your moral fiber or, like...
2: Even before coming here, I was, like, checking all my boxes, like, no, this is something I have been through. This is something that that church was doing. This is real. This, this was a is real experience. Valid. Yeah, and this is valid. Yeah, I still go through that crap six weeks later. Those
0: that's those those are things from trauma. Like mm-hmm. yeah. It is. That's it is. from being like mentally and emotionally abused. Yep. It's manipulation. Yep. But
1: we're also talking about something that's insanely powerful. I remember very distinctly the very first time I went to church because mm-hmm. I remember people around you introduced themselves like they're happy to see you. Yeah. And it's very welcoming and then the worship part of it's like super overwhelming if you've never been around yep. anything like mm-hmm. that. And it's like at the time, I didn't even believe in God. Like mm-hmm. I was just kind of there to learn, and I was like getting teared up like about this shit that I had no idea what was. Oh, going that, was, yeah. that was that like,
0: was on purpose. <laughs> always. Oh yeah. God,
1: this is so much like love and compassion and, and welcoming, and it's like this it's is super, what I've been looking for. Yeah, yeah, it's so overwhelming. I can see why it'd be so easy to just be like. Yep, this is my every Sunday from now on. Well,
0: especially if you don't feel worthy and you just got that big of a dopamine hit from a bunch of strangers who are telling you, like, literally, like, come as you are, you are perfect at which is, like, that is the message that you should be getting from, like, uh, you know, like, if if you are a person of faith and you, like, embrace God and that's, like, something that you want in your life, like, yeah, yeah, you are worthy. You should believe those things. But it's not because this place tells you that and it's not based off of them telling you that and it's not contingent upon you just, like, showing up and tithing and doing doing what they tell you because yeah. the thing is is a big red flag for me too is somebody telling you that they are the gatekeeper of your relationship with God mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't embrace the idea that you're like no I'm not backsliding I need some time on my own yeah I'm gonna pray at home I'm gonna do my own thing yeah somebody who thinks they're the gatekeeper of your relationship with God that's a that's a huge red flag yeah and that's something that
2: still we kind of struggle with as well is like um, not in a major issue, but, like, my husband's ready to go back to church. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need that, though. Mm-hmm. And I can still feel some of the guilt and some of, the, like, the weird, like, somebody else is my gatekeeper type of situation where For it's sure. like, well, maybe I do need that, though, because, like, biblically it says
0: this, this, and this. And it's like, no, but that's not, that's also just That's not, another that's thing, too, is like, <laughs> I always try to, like, remind myself is like, yeah, a lot of it was ordained, but, yeah. like, this Bible, mm-hmm. like, you can you can go to those christian bookstores now Mm -hmm. and like even the version that's like around today wasn't the one that was around when we were born they're they're already they go through and change words so slowly that Mm -hmm. like honestly like i don't know if this is sacrilegious to say but like that bible it's that's written by man dude it's written by man i
1: do i
0: understand the word of god is supposed to be conveyed in that but that is a book written by power hungry men over Mm -hmm. hundreds of years and like If you want to call that valid, that's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. I do think you and your relationship with, like, your faith is, that's absolutely valid for you. But I think that book and that institution making themselves the only thing to dictate your relationship with God is a problem. I agree with that 100%. Suggestion, on or off air. I've also, something that uh, my husband and I have also looked into because one thing that I think is what they feed off of is mm-hmm. that, like, community is mm-hmm. precious. Yeah. Finding community oh, is precious. 100%, yeah. Um, there is a place that we saw downtown that is, like, a Unitarian. It's, like, a oh, Universalist cool. Unitarian church, mm-hmm. which is basically, like, I think it's as, like, loosely based as you can get And telling you, like, we're not going to tell you what to think. We're yeah. here to, like, you know, have Sunday mornings together. And yeah. Like, you know, uh, fellowship, basically. Yeah, get that community piece. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that you guys would consider. Is he, con- no. is he considering something that's very similar to what you were in? No.
2: I mean, he's he is open, but he also sees the major issues in like the that type of church or whatever. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go go someplace that is going to try to teach our kids that they can't love some, who they want to love or who they do love. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not okay. And like, cert- there are certain things he's like really specific about, but he's having a hard time finding that. So that's good to know about that.
0: Yeah, stuff. which I think that, that is what's interesting mm-hmm. is I uh, what's important for this is like really laying out for yourself what are the things that you're looking for in mm-hmm. finding this for yourself again, mm-hmm. and does this check all your boxes, or are mm-hmm. you, like, making it check your boxes because it, like, it feels more comforting to have right. this?
1: So it, it sounds to me like you're still very much Christian.
2: Like- um, I, w- it's complicated.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> um, still have faith, have Yeah,
2: I have extremely strong faith. I can't deny the things that I've experienced, like, in my life and, like, my connection to God, whatever God looks like. Um, but religion wise, I'm like, I don't really know what I believe. I think that there, there is like a, not based doctrine, but there's like a base set of beliefs and that shows true, like in community and life every day. It's like, be a good person, be good to people, do kind things when you can do them. Mm -hmm. And I think that does come around full circle, but beyond that, it's kind of like.
1: So would you, would you say this experience with this church has really kind of shaken your belief with Christianity as your religion and kind of.
2: Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. but I, I have a really, like, hard time with the idea of ever going back to a Christian church because of the way that they do things. But your
1: husband has a different... Uh,
2: he Yeah, he was born and raised Christian, so he has a little bit more of a deeper um, structure, I guess,
0: in that way. I think that's also hard to navigate, too, when um, you do want to find a solution together in your mm-hmm. household, and... Um, I feel like my partner and I kind of, we have a similar struggle in the sense that I think you and I believe very similarly.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, one thing that I I don't think he would probably admit to him, well, no, he would. He he fixates a lot on his problems with what his experiences were growing up, which were like very and like horrible. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, um, he definitely knows that he loves like like the dogma of it, like the yeah. ritual of it, mm-hmm. the belief system of it. I, that, yeah. that definitely holds a lot of value for him. Mm-hmm. And he is a very ritualistic person. So I think one of his struggles with it is kind of finding a way to fill that void yeah. without knowing how to label it when all of these other people have set up these institutions that technically do make it look easier. Like yeah. they've, they've done all the hard work for you. Mm-hmm. They've told you like, hey, we'll, we'll guide you through this. We're your community. We'll like, yeah. don't even worry about it. Just show up right Mm -hmm. and it makes it really hard to find a replacement for that that Mm -hmm. doesn't you know set those alarm bells ringing Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: so with this church that you left were there certain things that like really stand out in your mind of what happened to you guys that were just like obviously now it's like Mm -hmm. super unacceptable
2: yes uh I will start with when my husband and I started dating um, at certain points. They would use the guise of accountability, where you're supposed to be reporting to, be essentially to a youth leader or whatever about your life and your relationships and decisions that you're making. Uh, and in that situation... Like
1: relationship counselor?
0: Basically. But you're uh, in high school and you haven't given How consent. How old are these youth yeah. pastors? Uh,
1: or the youth, youth pastor... They Shoot, were between
0: I'm like t- 19 and like 27. So it's a yeah, blind lady yeah blind. there's yeah,
2: pretty much. Um the one unqualified. The yes. main I want to say the main we were reporting to basically the main youth pastor at the time who is now the senior pastor of that church. Okay. Um, who is the son of the original senior pastor of the church? Uh, that's another question. I was there it ask is. is. Yeah, it's so much nepotism. Yes, um, it's wild. It's pretty crazy. It's like a legacy. It really is. Um, so we would have to, like, he'd want to talk to us about whatever. And so you have to go into the office and discuss these things with this dude. And he would, like, at one point, had very blatantly told us that we needed to be on a break. Um, for whatever reason, you guys can't date for three months, blah, blah, blah. We I remember that. Yeah, it was some bullshit. Um, Well, you, I remember We both, didn't. Remember all of us kind of being
0: like, well, if both of you don't want it, why are you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> kind it, of realizing. And it, yeah,
2: like, I don't know why I allowed them, obviously, to do that. But we were just like, yeah, okay. And, like, I think we did it for, like, a week. And then it was like, nah, this isn't working. And then, um. Yeah, I miss um, you. Okay, I miss you too. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. And, um in that same situation i was approached during a show night by the senior, or by the youth pastor and he told me um, you know god told me that you guys are having sex and you're not married and that's not unacceptable and I confirmed with your boyfriend that you're having sex so I need you to admit to me that you did and I was like no because that's absolutely not true and you're lying about it
0: which is an interrogation tactic yes
2: and he just looked at me and like walked away that also, was the end of the conversation oh, <laughs> not
0: really his
2: business it's none of his business it's nobody's business like, even except never my like, now husband's yeah yeah, yeah. And, and god that matter yeah him. and so like I obviously went to my boyfriend at the time, and was like, yo, this is what you just said, and he's like, that's fucking bullshit, because I would never in a million years tell him that, like, never would have told him that, and, um, so that was one situation, when, (laughs) did he apologize? Oh, no, God, no. Oh. Um, I'm gonna lead up to that, though, the (laughs) the only apology I ever did get, which ended up being many years later, so, jump ahead a little bit, I end up getting pregnant before being married. Mm -hmm senior pastor pulls up us up in front of the church on a Sunday morning and basically presents our sin to the church and is like we understand that what they did is unacceptable but we're going to love them through it and as they continue to try to make good decisions in their lives (sighs) meanwhile they're also going through something where they just found out that their choir director is gay but that's this big old thing for them and like they're just like they don't know what they're doing with their lives because it's just a whole because hot a shit
0: Person thing. is living their life
2: next <laughs> yeah, to them. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, and so,
1: how old were you at that time?
2: I was nine. No, I was twenty. Yeah, twenty at that point. Um, Fucking believable. I know. They pulled us into the office. He, the senior pastor, fully tried to emotionally manipulate me about it and like make me feel guilt for what I had done and like oh, all these little kids and all these young youth children who are looking up to you, and now you've done this thing. And it's like, how how could you do that to them?
1: Oh, it was my. some
2: bull. And you and your
1: husband had been together for like four years at this point.
2: We had been together three years, and then we ended up, we made the decision to get married, even though they were kind of trying to push it. My parents weren't trying to push it at all. Yeah, but I remember but it was you. you yeah, wanted, we yeah,
0: you always we, knew you wanted to get exactly. married. Exactly.
2: We had always known. We were just too young to get married, and so we just didn't. Um, we made the decision. We got married. We had a fucking rough couple of years after that, but anyway. <laughs> you were babies. We were babies. Yeah. We had no financial stability, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think right before I ended up leaving my job in 2013, uh, we're in a staff meeting, and the guy who had been the youth leader and is now the senior pastor, or the youth, whatever, uh, he talking about something we're joke everybody's joking in this staff meeting and he makes some comment some joke about yeah like when we used to pull people up in front of the church and talk about their sin and stops and looks at me and goes I'm so sorry he's like I'm so sorry for that like that was so messed up and we shouldn't have done it that was the only apology I ever got for any of the
0: manipulation that we went through
2: everything else was one of those like I'm sorry that you feel that way or, you, feel yeah, you feel that way. Yeah, you feel that way. It's not an apology. It's so bullshit.
0: When they pulled you up in front of the church, did you know they were going to do it? Or were you blindsided by it? I think we were
2: blindsided. Oh. I think. Wow. I, I tried to block a lot of yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah, out, yeah. so I can't really vividly no, remember, but the I'm thing pretty too, sure. Is like,
0: it doesn't matter if these are things that happen in benign social situations. These... These are traumatic experiences. Yeah. Like, you don't do this to people.
2: Yeah. And then I remember somebody approaching me in the parking lot after that who was like trying to be quote unquote nice or whatever, but then they kept referring to my child, my unborn child, as a mistake. <gasps> yeah, that bitch. So. <gasps> oh little,
1: yeah. my God. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Do you think that these cult leaders? Know how manipulative they're being, or do you think that they're just like?
2: Yes, one hundred and fifty percent. I think okay. At least in that situation, I think he knows. Like,
1: what is their end? Like, what is their end game? Just to
2: just to use and abuse people and then dump them. Yeah, make any as much money money money, as they can off of people before they run away.
0: Money, money, money. So
2: because especially this guy in particular will only bring people into his inner circle um, if he knows that they have something to offer him. If you can play an instrument really well, or if you have some kind of audiovisual knowledge, or if you can do a job really well for him, then he will. Will be close to you and he'll allow you to come into his home yeah. and whatever
0: talent to mine for free
1: yeah all that non-taxed stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah which then somehow that's the thing too is um the the wild like blessings quote mm-hmm. unquote the the fall these people that like have untaxed income who like okay i really i'm not gonna call it out by name but um last holiday season mm-hmm. uh our in-laws asked us to go with them to their church mm-hmm. and um it is what I would probably, like, think that, like, Joel Osteen would, like, feel really at home at. It's mm-hmm. a mega church. It's massive. There are several entrances. There are several parking lots. There's, like, the, like several different, like, bathrooms and different wings. There's, like, more than one daycare center. It's a massive, massive place. Um, it's, like, their special um, holiday service, right? So the place is packed. There are greeters everywhere who are, like, actually kind of aggressive because, Mm -hmm. um, so his parents are, like, very, like, probably, like, prominent people in the church, which Mm -hmm. is, like, another reason I'm not going to name it, but, um... They, I think because they're well-known, when we were walking with them, they were peeing kind of, like, aggressive about how we were, like, being greeted to the point where, like, I had, I had my hand, like, my arm through my husband's arm, and then my other hand was in my pocket because it was cold. And they waited for us both to take our hands out of our pockets to force us to shake hands with them yeah. as we were walking by, even though we, like, said Merry Christmas and walked by and all that, whatever. That's not my point. That was already weird. We go in, there's, like, a, an acrobat, like, a, a person on... I don't even know. Silks. Yeah, a person on silks, mm-hmm. um a person literally At doing church, mm-hmm, an acrobat Whoa. like on a swing who was like doing acts the whole time that there were like um song performances and like you know they would do like little like pageant oh, scenes so it's and stuff. Oh, so god, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know the uh, Oh, Circus of God is literally the most accurate thing I could have <laughs> I'm gonna use that as a blog post title. Thank you honestly, very much. <laughs> that was so <laughs> Because you can't imagine, dude, that was what was blowing my mind, is Uh everything that was happening, is I was, like... so
1: out of place. It was.
0: And the thing is, is, like, as someone who grew up in a Catholic church, my thing was, I Uh try to be as open-minded as possible. And in my head, I'm thinking, if that's that way that that girl wanted to, like, share her love for God, and she was. She was, like, a gymnast that went to that church, like, Uh cool. She did an amazing job. That wasn't the point. The point was, like, them... Choreographing it into like the solemn spirituality of the other scenes was just strange to me. it was it was strange to me that it wasn't like an ex like an exhibition that she gave as like hey we have this performer who's doing this and like she's really excited to show us this like she's so talented which she was she yeah. was incredible but it was part of the like like ambiance of the entire thing and then there's these little video clips in between of the family like being funny at home which is just like Gaudy, huge mansion with like three backyards. I don't even, it's ridiculous. And this beautiful, wholesome family, like all dressed in matching outfits. And the sermon might have been, like, maybe 10 minutes long. And mm-hmm. everything else were, like, other segments telling you. But it felt like I was in an infomercial because all of it was segments telling you about the different programs that you should either participate in or support. Like, their their missionary yeah. programs, their community centers, um, what they've done with their resources, the things that they've built. And then the, like, grand finale of, like, all of the dudes with, like, the tithing baskets coming out. Which mm-hmm. was, there were so many baskets. There were so many people. And it, I just couldn't help but think of that scene when we like not to segue but um righteous the righteous gemstones just came out on on Mm -hmm. hbo and it's about uh like an evangelical like tv family basically that um, are like tv pastors and um it's danny mcbride and danny goodman and um john goodman sorry and um, Adam Devine. And they're hilarious, but they're running a mega church and it, like, basically shows the exact same scene where it mm-hmm. shows, like, a montage of all of the tithing plates being collected and, like, being taken back to this vault in the back of the church. I'm like, that's all I could think of while I was looking at it. Yeah. Wow. And those are the places that bankroll so many other places that are, like, their like, yeah. other churches that they work in. That's the thing is they become national networks. That's what I think that's what you were talking about with yeah. this Bethel place. That, mm-hmm. Like, the reason... The church we went to growing up had these resources was because all these, like, youth groups and youth leaders Mm -hmm. would literally do tours and, like, go around. Like, I remember there were people who were, like, on circuits, basically.
2: And they still are to this day. They still do all of that kind of stuff.
0: Those same people? Uh Uh-huh.
2: A lot of them. Um, Thankfully, there are some who have left specifically this one guy that I follow on Twitter who was a really big part of, like, the Bethel movement and stuff, he realized, like, how whitewashed they were and how homophobic they were and, like, all the things they were doing. And so he's very, like, open and, like, this is what this is what that bullcrap is about all that stuff. But, yeah, it's... it's you know see, that's I, good, too.
1: Sorry to completely transition, but you know uh-huh. who we haven't heard from in a while is the Westboro Baptist Church.
0: That's because yeah. most of their members left them. Thank God. Yeah. yeah, but I remember What's for a long that? time
1: there, they were just, like, at everything that could mm-hmm. possibly be protested they
0: were there. Well, I think they started to realize that um, even the, the publicity work, they working. were, yeah, yeah, the publicity they were, this is, I love him so much for this. is it Nick Grohl uh, from, uh, from Foo Fighters? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he talks about, like, um, there's all oh, those. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Nick, Nick, Kroll, Dave Nick Grohl. Dave Grohl, yeah. All <laughs> my favorite people um, uh, doing, like, getting rickrolled at the, like, actual events that they were at where they would just, like, roll a bus in front Uh, of the Westboro Baptist Church and it would just be playing Never Gonna Give You Up (laughs) and (laughs) it would just like roll in front of them and just like everybody would be dancing on it. That's amazing. So like there's a lot of scenarios like that where people will literally like out love them where you can't hear them. People will come and play instruments over them. Like, There's a lot of community involvement I think to drown them out because if their purpose is to get media attention and exposure... Mm -hmm the way that we can undo that is to just bring something more ridiculous and happy and beautiful right in front of that and, like, Absolutely. let it exist in spite of this. Yeah. This. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Plus, I know, like, some of their main, like, their, like, daughters, two of them left a few, like, several years I ago. I think one of them
1: did a TED Talk. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, a few of them are, like, out and kind of just trying to not expose it even, but they're just like, yeah, this is exactly we're what con- we we're doing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Crazy. It's, it's a good It's trauma.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are um, some red flags that you would consider to be, like, general, like, rules of thumb to look for if you're looking for a church Other that's... Other than trusting your gut. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, any church that uh, responds to this, not responds, refers to themselves uh, more as a family or, like, really tries to play up the whole family vibe. Like, oh, we're just a family. We're just such a tight-knit community. We're a family and all that stuff. I'm really wary of that. Um Any church that is pushing the tithe situation extremely heavily, like, I would way watch out for that. Uh, Churches that have mega youth programs, obviously youth programs are great. I'm a mom of four. I think that that kind of stuff is important, but just be very cautious about what you're letting your kids be a part of, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Pay attention to anything where they're trying to, like, harp on accountability for your own kids, I guess. That's a good one.
1: They're having a 19-year-old delve into a relationship with, between 16-year-olds. Yeah,
2: if their youth <laughs> leaders are trying to tell your kids who they can and cannot date, red flag. The yeah. <laughs> other
0: thing is, too, like, I'm just realizing now that, like, none of our parents were involved. Yeah. And it was very much about, like, kind of, like, isolating you from that. and like, it, Uh-huh. But the people trust- who were in the youth I mean some of them did have parents that went to the regular church and they had even more accountability because everybody was watching them yeah but like as someone whose parents like weren't involved in that there was no way for my mom to like ask questions to somebody or like there well, was no yeah. guidance for them you, yeah.
1: you you trust that a church is gonna take care of your kids you, you, and you're trying but that's to your have a lot have those of experiences things yeah. but
0: yeah my my
2: parents have said that because of how deep in we were at the time they knew we wouldn't hear it and that's why they didn't say anything ah uh. But I was like, but you're also my
1: parents. Yeah, so, I like, So real quick, you obviously stopped going to this church well before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, was there any point where you felt the need or like had the inkling to maybe reach out to Julia and say something about it, or I, was it like too that risky? The, it's
0: it felt risky because another thing too about like wanting to belong and like mm-hmm. wanting your friends to not be upset with you is like I already had lost friends from. Mm-hmm. This. Julia is actually the only friend I haven't lost from this. Mm-hmm. Like there was a person who I was very, very close to who, like, immediately, like, cut ties with me because, like, she considered me a moral corruption because she couldn't handle her own shit. Like, I'm not even going to go there. Is she still part
1: of the church? I don't know. Was she still part of the church? um, And that's, like, At the time she was, but she she
0: was actually even leaving, like, that specific church, and she was going somewhere else. But she was... She just, in general, now that I have a lot of space from that person, I realized that, like, one thing... As I, I loved her a lot, I still love her a lot, but... She was, by default, a very incredibly judgmental person. Mm-hmm. So I realize now, I feel like you know who I'm talking about. Um, I feel like there's, there wasn't a way for that not to happen. But in that scenario, it was like I was doing that thing where my way to deal with it was to still be friends with them and mm-hmm. be just as good of a person without what they were doing yeah. and to try to kind of sometimes hint like, this might not be okay but honestly I think like Julie and I like kept in touch because we kind of both circled each other like warily kind of knowing like yeah. I don't know where you stand with this I don't know if you still believe that I'm definitely the same person I was but yeah. I don't want to offend like and I still love you yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. so much like there is love there but I don't want to like I don't want to make you like fly away like everybody else did that's the thing too is like mm-hmm. when they take your friends with them yeah when that cult takes your friends with them like the people that are left there, like, are you going to confront them, or are you going to just like make sure they don't leave? Especially when you're like, I was, I was always young. For, it was funny because you were always older for our age, for our grade, <laughs> and I was always younger. So like at this time, I was like, seventeen, turning eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like I was like a baby. We were all babies. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, I remember that person definitely made me. That that person was the final straw for me because I was like, oh, if. If that's your judgment from that and your role isn't to, like, step closer and help me, which is what Julia did, even in the sense that, like, we weren't very close, but she always made sure that I, like, knew she was there. Mm-hmm. And that was something that, like, I, like, realized very early on. I was like, oh, the only person who gets this is Julia. Because, like, everybody else for them, it was, like, a judgment mm-hmm. and a, a, a group and an inclusion. Mm-hmm. And it was blinding for them to see that,
1: like, they were doing this to their
0: friends. Yeah. So it was kind of... you. It's hard for you to speak up at that point. Mm-hmm. It's was,
1: almost like they're too deep into it it wouldn't matter if you it, it was what Precisely. your parents were saying. Precisely. It's like, a,
0: why are you going to jump? It's like, all right, like, I'll be here when you're ready, but like I'm not going to fuck with you now. Like,
1: I hate to relate it to this, but it's just like MLMs. It, it, it is
0: 100% like that, yeah. It's because
1: they're both cults.
2: And I was fortunate enough in the beginning, or like when I was leaving as well, that other people I had looked up to and respected had started to leave because of the same reasons, but not like blatantly. And yeah. so we left, but I also didn't realize that we left like week too, because yeah. I've had it brought to my attention recently where there were, like, kids that were youth kids who are now adults who were like, yeah, we felt kind of abandoned like when all that happened, but now we kind of see what was going on. Oh, was yeah. like, oh, that so sucks. So you,
1: you've been able to talk to other people who have been part of this church and be like, yeah, it was full
2: cult. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Some people aren't as receptive to it. Or they're like, yeah. yeah, it was messed up, but I wouldn't say it's a cult. I'm like, oh, you should listen to Jonathan Vanessa's podcast about cults because then you would hear <laughs> it's a cult. all about it. It's a cult. That's literally where my awakening was like, oh
0: shit, like that was a cult. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should, we'll link that episode too because that's um, interesting. I would love to hear that because I think that's the thing is uh, even in the past couple years that I've like started to go to therapy and like really analyze some situations in my life, and even me, like, throw in the word trauma around this episode. One thing that I've learned is, like, so much of our experiences are – are voided and invalidated by our verbiage around them. Mm-hmm. So you're not willing to call it a cult because you didn't have to, like, move somewhere and, like, live in, like, a van. And all the same And, like, build your hair tattoo. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just because you didn't have to do all that, it doesn't mean that it wasn't a cult. Yeah. Just because you didn't have bruises, it doesn't mean it wasn't abuse. It yep. d- There's all of these things that are, like, we get taught to minimalize all of our own suffering mm-hmm. and all of our own instincts, even though our instincts are... How many times have your instincts been wrong about somebody?
1: Very very infrequently.
0: <laughs> like exactly. That's the thing yeah. too. Like, and I feel like the more like the more you practice it, the more you realize that like that gut instinct shouldn't be the whole thing that you go off of. Mm-hmm. But definitely start listening there. And yeah. it's hard to follow when you're that young. But
1: I'm pretty sure one of our first episodes we talked so much about how. To trust our gut and how important that is and how much it, it tells you way more than you can ever fathom because yeah. your subconscious is picking up on so many other cues. So yeah. many things that you
0: don't even notice that you're
1: picking up on.
2: Yeah. And I, I consider myself to be, like, fairly sensitive as far as that stuff goes. And, like, you, I'm like, I'm hardly ever wrong about somebody else. But, like, during all that, it was kind of like, oh, I'll, like, brush it aside because this is somebody I love and respect And there's or a bunch whatever. of guilt being going on. Yeah, out. and there's guilt in here. And, yeah.
0: And guilt is honestly one of, it's such a great way to create doubt. Yeah. That's another thing too that I'm like even navigating in like other situations in my life right now is like how much I'm listening to myself versus listening to what other people are telling me I'm doing or saying or like you know, it's it's very hard to do that if it's like your whole community especially. Exactly, yeah. So kind of what drew me to talk to you about this was um that you had been writing a blog post about um, Yeah. About cults and Christian churches, and maybe the distinction between the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, the
2: blog itself started out as an open letter to my kids about mental health because it was never discussed when I was a kid. And I know for a fact now that there are certain things in my family and whatever, and I've dealt like heavily with depression and anxiety and Mm -hmm. everything else. So, I wanted to be able to talk about that openly and free. And, like, this is a huge part of my mental health story because, like you said just because people won't use the word trauma or won't use the word abuse with us necessarily because they're uncomfortable with it or whatever, for whatever reason, that's literally what I have been through. Absolutely. Um, um and I'm trying to bring light to that.
0: So yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, um, I'm going to, by the time this episode goes up, we'll also mm-hmm. have a link to that blog. Cause that cool. was something that we also really wanted to touch on. I think that's a really important topic. And, um, like all other things that we talk about on here, I think this was just something that really drew my attention. Cause I think it applies to way more people than want to admit it because I mean yeah. even in, during this episode I feel like Katie your experience with it might not be first hand but you've even been to a place where you were like oh yeah this worship was like a little extreme for yeah. me and yeah
1: but I think that's kind of universal for churches I think that's just mm-hmm. kind of their niches uh, with the exception of Catholic church mm-hmm. god that was painful I've been mm-hmm. to a Catholic service and it was mm-hmm. like did you fall asleep? stand up sit down no because you have to stand up <laughs> every five fucking seconds
0: yeah <laughs> it's so funny because I remember like because, like, my family is, like, practicing and, like, um everybody kind of, like, there's, you know, there's still baptisms, there's still weddings, all these things. Mm-hmm. Going to church now with my family is such a fucking relief because <laughs> I'm just, like, I can take everything for what it is all of these people they have they have created this institution they have the histories of these saints yeah this place is like gold gilded and covered in candle wax and paintings undoubtedly beautiful every is gorgeous so gorgeous exactly and and there's there's so much more there for me to like break down mentally and Mm -hmm. honestly for me like there's a lot that I can disagree with, like, historically about the church, but at the same time, like, when I'm there with my family and I remember all of the different experiences I've mm-hmm. had, I realize this is the aftermath product of what, the, like, happened when all of these other cult churches fixed themselves and had other factions, right? Yeah. Because these churches had the same problems, absolutely. Yeah. But they've now reached a place where they're like, no, we're creating community for people. It's mm-hmm. ritualistic. You're going to stand up and sit down. You might be a little bored, but we're not gonna tell you to sell your house. And our
1: piano player doesn't sing on key. Yeah,
0: yeah and it's totally fine. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's, don't take it's, out a second mortgage. Yeah, <laughs> don't take <laughs> out to, a second to mortgage. To be able to help us with our building fund. We will yeah. not bring you up to the front to call you out on your sin. <laughs> like there's there's just like a lot that um, you almost like take gratitude in because like I'm, yeah yeah it's not like my it's not my jams but um,
1: yeah there's definitely a lot of good that from <laughs> legitimate yeah. churches too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of charity and welcoming and giving and it's awesome. And yeah. That's, i I absolutely support that mm-hmm. I, I absolutely, absolutely. When it agree delves with you. into this like using of people as a means yes. exactly. Versus, yeah exactly yeah, that's for me really the, the issue defining
0: is. line is the like um the exploit- like if you if your help comes with conditions, mm-hmm. yeah. that's not really well I
1: mean, I take yeah. me wants to believe that a lot of cults um had very good intentions with the development and like beginning stages of their cults, and mm-hmm. then they just had greed take over mm. Mm-hmm. And it just became something insane. A lot of the
0: time, it's one person, dude. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, like, let's look at history. Like, most of the time, it, do- it takes one person mm-hmm. to literally tear down generations of progress. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna make any other examples, but I think we know who I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think in those contexts, it check gets
1: yourself.
2: Yeah. Check yourself. If you're thinking about world domination, maybe no. Maybe, maybe, maybe
0: not that. Yeah. Maybe just, like, pick up a hobby. Stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get a dog. Get a dog yeah. and tell him what to do. Yeah. Start a
1: cult that just gets all of the shelter dogs and just.
0: Oh my god! I would gladly be a part you of that. What? cult no, in a heartbeat. That's that's going to be our next community meeting. We're yes. going to plan this cult. That's yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to donate money to our noble cause, <laughs> set up a GoFundMe. Church, yes.
1: Church of Dog. Church of <laughs> Dog. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, ba-dum. we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.